hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all decide the all-important, the one and only question, why does Hugh have better taste than Sam? Want to lodge you, a formal complaint? You wanna, oh, do, you want, do you want me to redo that? Sorry, is that is that what you're trying to say? Was that not good enough for you, Sam? Hi, Sam. Hi, Hugh. This is Sam you're Blakely. The he's, aforementioned. he's the other member of this illustrious Better. duo. Yeah, as he drinks his rum and lemonade. Just a little sip there from rum and lemonade, so I'm not up all night. Yeah. Uh, how you been, Hugh? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, you. Really well. I watched a lot of films this week, actually, Hugh. You You'll watched a lot of films. That's Yeah, wow. I normally average, I would say, wow. two films a week, it has to be said. I'm not, I'm not a letterboxed... Uh, Dickhead, like some people are on social media. <laughs> no, but you are a dickhead, just so we're clear. I'm just a dickhead part of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Letterboxd and I do log all my films, but I don't share them, Yeah, uh, the number. Yeah, uh, yeah. I watched 11 films this weekend. 11? Um, Jesus. A new personal record. I watched five in one day, which is certainly a personal Did you watch record. all the Twilight films again? <laughs> and again and again, yeah, that's... Uh, basically covered it yeah uh, i've got to give a big shout out to my main man benny dawson um uh, friend of the Hi show ben. previous guest where i went around to his house and just watched films all weekend it was uh it was oh glorious. nice it's nice nice glorious. what did you anything anything did you see anything interesting strange new exciting yeah there'll be uh, one or two that we might cover in a few episodes i basically decided i basically realized films. that did you even talk to ben <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that <laughs> talking what is that it's did what we're doing now Oh yeah, Costa. I was going to say yeah, we do a film podcast. Uh, the second part of that, um, yeah, I basically said to him, I've not seen it really any classic Japanese Kurosawa sort of stuff. Oh. So please, you know, teach me. I'm a young grasshopper, kind of mixing my film genres there. And uh, so we watched two of those. Um, did you watch and a bunch of other stuff? Did you watch perhaps? Is it? Did you watch Seven Samurai? That was when we didn't watch. That we just watched two. Like there was lots ah, we considered, but actually right. we just watched a lot of cool films that did you watch seen. Oh, what's the one where it's like in colour and it's is like, it better if I just tell you the ones I did watch because yeah. there's only two <laughs> I watched Harakiri and Rashomon yeah I, so I can't I remember which... um, by one... High and Low uh, a couple of others yeah there's there's but, one uh, where it's done in colour it's like the only one he did in colour or something before he retired and it's like ama- it looks amazing if you listener, if you know, email in, uh, get on, get with us at social media yeah. at Please Watch Pod. I actually um, really want to. We watch did watch it. a lot of films, but certainly next week's film is one that we one of the, was one that we watched, uh, and I was sort of sad to know that you that you watched Collateral before because what a fucking film that is. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> well, did you? Yeah. Did you watch that? You, you texted me, didn't you? Yeah. To say that yeah. you watched Collateral. I was like, I'm pretty sure you have. We've almost certainly yeah. talked about the fact that you have. Yeah, uh, sorry, good for you. I've only think I've seen it once. But yeah, I tell you what though, it's been, um, that's good news, but it's been some bad news, hasn't it, this week in the world? Like normally we don't really talk about these things that often, but... No, we're not very topical, but... But bleed neck, you wouldn't, you know, you hope for humanity dies a little when you saw what happened in Afghanistan, doesn't it? That's just 20 years wasted, isn't it? All those people. Yeah. Yeah, horrible hearing about, you know, the, the what was the first mayor uh, in, in Afghanistan. Oh, well, that's just basically getting, well, yeah. me and my family are basically dead now. Yeah, I read Thanks. that as well, yeah. She, they've tried to assassinate her like three times, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't, and apparently there was like a report today that they're going around doing like house-to-house revenge 
collaborating revenge killing thing or something. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. What a way to start the podcast. Yeah, and Sean yeah. Locke also died yesterday. That was oh, depressing. Right, I, was I didn't know he was ill. Bit. That's what annoys me a little bit there. Because at least if I'd known he was ill, I could be like, oh, well, that was expected. I feel like Alan Rickman and David Bowie set the trend on that. You know? Yeah. Just like, get ill, don't tell anyone, die. And yeah, and everyone's sad. Surprise everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Which at least brings it back to films, I suppose. David Bowie and Alan Rickman. Uh, yes. We're in a film sort of area milieu milieu yeah yeah well yeah um but yes so this week's film eh eh another this week's film another mid-90s classic oh i know what it is yeah no we're doing (laughs) we're doing polo 13 sam Apollo 13, Tom Hanks. Ron Howard's 1995. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, based on real life events. So, you know, we can do a bit of compare and contrast, which there isn't much with this film, to be fair. Um, yeah, so last time we spoke, for anyone who didn't hear it, what what did you know of this film, Sam, before you went into it? Mm. I knew I knew Tom Hanks, Ron Howard, Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, I might have known Ed, Ed Harris. I knew it's about some sort of lunar mission or space mission. I So we, we're going to be spoilerific, so I'll start with a, kind of a spoiler, but it's kind of not a spoiler. It sort of depends on how old you are and mm. what you know about the world. It's like saying a spoiler for Titanic is it sinks. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are spoiling the film all over, including the real story. So I knew that they survived and that it was dramatic, but I really didn't know much more than that. Um, so yeah, I knew very little. So very, very little did you know they survived just because you were like aware of the plot of Apollo thirteen? Or it's hard to know. It... It's hard to know if I knew because obviously it's newsworthy in itself, or if I knew because the film was so successful. Obviously, I was six when the film came out, so. I think I just knew... I might have even known because people have talked about the film and sort of like nudge wink. We all know how it ends. Yeah. And yeah, got yeah I was. That. I did I wonder really if no details about I did wonder if you did know how it ended. That was that was one thing that might have made that might make ruin the film for you. Actually, now I think about it, just dilute it a little bit. You know? Yeah, which it might also be. I've got intro, I really love Richard Feynman, and he was instrumental in figuring out why the Challenger disaster of '86 was yeah. so shit. And so yeah, maybe well, maybe that came through in those, reading or was it o- O-rings, O-rings, wasn't it? The O-rings, O-rings yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but so yeah, with this, um, yes. So, would you uh, like a quick, a quick, as you like it synopsis? Give a synopsis. Give us some. Uh, synopsis. So, nineteen seventy, the Apollo thirteen lunar mission sets off from you know Florida with uh, the aforementioned Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, uh, Bill Paxton there on board, and about two days into their like three four day journey, um, they have a problem on board there's an ex- there's a yeah there's a small explosion on the ship that's taken them on the module they're um that's taken them to the moon and then the the ensuing drama is their fight for survival essentially against the harsh reality of space, space. <laughs> and you've got like a crack team of like scientists and engineers and uh, other astronauts on the surface trying to um, get them home and you get like the emotional beats with his wife and children and his mum at one point you know they're all trying to figure out how to get him home and she's obviously going through the ringer because you know her husband could die in front on television in front of millions yeah. around the world um, it's a very uh, it's a very exciting 
exciting, very um, tense, suspenseful film, basically. And yeah, there's not much to it more than that. It was it's a big budget T- film. Tell me, Hugh, what did this film mean to you? Um, well, I do remember it vaguely coming out when I was like, I would have been if you were six, I would have been seven. So I had a, I have a memory of it like being in the cinema or being on like this film that's coming out Apollo 13 and I think I saw it I rem- I think I distinctly remember renting it from Blockbuster when I was about s- nine or something like that oh wow <laughs> yeah or it was rented by my mum or her partner at the time so yeah so but I do remember watching and sitting and watching it on video when I was about nine years old and yeah I liked it when I was that age I probably didn't appreciate it at nine I might have found it a bit boring at points um, well, but, that was. I mean, I was I was pushed for time to watch this film. I, I watched most of it this today with my daughter, um, yeah. encouraged by the fact that it's a PG. You don't realize how many times they say shit until you watch it with a four year old, though. It has to be said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, certainly nine, ten is a good age. Is is like a right age to watch it in terms of any sort of explicit content. It's yeah, fine for that. yeah. Um, in terms of what I think you might have liked about it, um, the, I suppose the fact that you knew the ending might have ruined it a little bit. But you know, it's it's very as I mentioned it's very suspenseful dramatic it's well acted well directed it's very it feels very grand and you know it's great for like the the settings very um, it's very claustrophobic but at the same time there's this huge expanse of space and you know the wonder of the moon you know and the wonder you know it imbues the film with a lot of wonder about going to the moon about exploration but also the fear of what the exploration is there's there's a couple of scenes where you find out about um the opening scene is literally uh, a fire that killed the some pre it was like an Apollo one astronauts so that was like a pretest flight and they um, just literally all they're doing are putting them in the in the capsule and not doing much and they all burn to death which is awful obviously um, <laughs> yeah and so yeah you've got that kind of that balance of awe and fear and sort of you know the the you know it might it might be a known phenomenon but it's like this unknown sort of uh, situation they you know a lot of the film is them trying to figure out what's happening and trying to make sure that they don't you know die essentially um, <laughs> you've got great performances from Tom Hanks uh, I really think Ed uh, Ed Harris is really great in this I think Gary Sinise is really good in this um, yeah all the main I mean all the main players like especially uh, Kathleen Quinlan as the as uh, Mar- Marilyn Lovell she's really good in this Um yeah, I just think it's it's just a solid sort of mid nineties kind of blockbuster film. Really, it's got it's grand. It's got some good visuals, special effects, but it's it's got a compelling story as well. Which I think I think ultimately, when it comes to things like that, it's the story, like the visual. You can have you know Transformers have shown you can have a film look visually stunning, you know, as about as exciting as watching paint dry. Yeah. But when you've got a good human drama like this, where the odds just seem so against them, um, yeah, it's just it's just a great film, quite honestly, Sam. And I think I think you will have liked it personally. I think I don't know whether you have loved it, but I think you enjoyed it. Um, but then saying that though, you know, there might have been some things you maybe didn't like. Um, there isn't much to dislike about this film, but perhaps you might have found it a little saccharine. You know, a little too like. On the nose, there's a lot of that. This this phenomena that you always, I think, you always have, where 
you get somebody, you know, they always like in, they always play these like bugles or trumpets, like this proper, it's only in like American things as well. You know, this like music, like in war films, like Saving Private Ryan and um, all sorts where it's like, you know, these, they're all looking up and it's like the president's <laughs> giving a speech or, you know, this film literally starts, doesn't it, with the fire, but it also has the JFK speech about going to the moon by the end of the decade and things like that. And that kind of, you know, it's like no other country in the world seems to use this music as it's like sort of back backing track. <laughs> it's a really peculiar a real thing. unironic iconography with modern American things, isn't there? Obviously, yeah. For all time, American things. Yeah. So... Yeah, you might have found that a bit annoying, quite frankly. And a part of me was like, at the end of the film, you know, when they when Tom Hanks is narrating over it and saying what what they all went on to do and didn't do and didn't go back into space and all this. And I just felt like you should have been listening to um, Team America over it, you know, yeah. <laughs> when they're coming out of the the, the, out of the helicopter and like America, fuck yeah, <laughs> you know, we we save the motherfucking day again, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And the funny thing is, that's either a logistic criticism of film or that's a symptom of that problem of watching a film knowing that that you like it and somebody else is watching it and you want them to like it and all you're doing is seeing the flaws and all yeah, that sort of stuff. When I watched Harakiri with Ben who puts that in his top 10 films of all time, I could just see him looking at me occasionally just like, does he does like this? Did yeah. he respond to that? <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's, it does happen, doesn't it? Where you're ultra, ultra oh, yeah. uh, sensitive to it. Or that's yeah. legitimate um, You might have found it a bit too long, maybe. It's a two hours twenty film, although watching it today it didn't feel that it didn't feel long to me, and I've seen it maybe four or five times now over the last twenty six years or whatever it is. Um I don't think it is this, but I know you've and we, you know if you're playing, uh, please watch this drinking game at home. Um, <laughs> there isn't a meet cute, so what could it? Yeah, possibly be? It, you might have found it a bit of a boring man film, perhaps. <laughs> you know, because it is a lot of men. There's like like so much smoking in this film. <laughs> um, uh, beige you know, rooms, yeah, yeah, avocado yeah. rooms, yeah, beige <laughs> rooms and people smoking and people looking at each other quizzically and stressed and yeah so I kind of thought well maybe you might find it a bit a bit of a boring man film but I don't think so I think it's a compelling enough story that you're not sort of going well this is this is boring I, I think you liked it I'm curious to how come you never saw it though because it was a big film even at, obviously at the time I didn't expect you to watch it but you know over the decades I guess it is an interesting one and it's one that comes up a lot in the show and I think it is just a, a case of Something came out in the 80s or 90s, and it's a case of, did we have it on VHS in the house? It really right. is as simple as that, and it just hasn't been recommended to be since. It's right. a film that has, um, that, uh, what's the word, that, you know, that is still around now, but people don't really talk about this film. So it doesn't right. feel as, as essential as a Shawshank Redemption or um, something like that. Do you feel? Yeah, no, I know you. Well, I mean, I read... I was reading a bit of the trivia for it today. There's a lot of trivia on it. I didn't actually read it all on IMDb for once. <laughs> I imagine I, if it's based on true events, it's quite technical. They probably yeah, well. yeah. Um, but they were saying that um, Brad Pitt was offered a role in it and he turned it down to go film seven. And I'm like, Ooh. yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? I can see that. That film was probably... What, better what's the word I'm looking film. for? It's, uh, better. It's, no, I mean, like, it's it's lived longer. There's a the very yeah. obvious specific word I'm looking for here. That's oh, like, well, I mean... It's persevered. It's, it's yeah. It stayed uh, in the, the zeitgeist longer. Maybe it's the yeah, word you're looking for. Yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely. I mean, because <laughs> it was such a unique idea. I guess it it's lived longer, and it's maybe 
it's just equally as dramatic saying that said, but yeah, it's um, it's probably a better film, I would argue. Do you know what I mean? It's you know, I'm not going to lie. Apollo 15, Apollo 13 wouldn't be in like my top 25 films of all time, but you know, it's in the maybe top 200, <laughs> top 100, maybe. I don't know. Is it what we're on? So yeah, so we've done. This is episode 98, isn't it? So fuck yeah. This is essentially other than the films we've seen. These are like. I've essentially recommended about. This is in the top fifty films that you would recommend to me that I haven't yet seen. Yeah, yeah, which so means that, it's probably about top two hundred. Yeah, yeah. I think I was right in the first. How, how many films do you think you've seen in your lifetime? I have no idea. Is it a thousand or a million? <laughs> I really don't know. What it, <laughs> it's like it seconds, be, isn't is it? Is Five hundred? Is it ten thousand? It's like that whole. Um, it's like have you ever seen it? Where it's like, um, oh, there's so many seconds in a day, but then in a year in like 32 years like if you if there's like a million seconds or something in like a week but a billion seconds is like 32 years or something yeah <laughs> it's sort of that sort of realm isn't it it's like it's in that kind of uh, margin of error yeah and when you think oh i've watched a lot of films and then you talk to someone like say ben for example you're ben, like dakota, yeah, yeah you're like friend a ghost name i can't remember who really seen more than dakota really <laughs> at least from the 30s and 40s and 50s yeah like you just you just know that you've not watched nearly as many as some people have, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I think of it. I'm hoping you share similar feelings about it. Um, but what we're going to do, Sam, is we're going to take a wee break, uh, maybe literally for you in this case, and then <laughs> I'm going to uh, do the second part, and you're going to tell us what you think about this film in Sam's opinions, because that's how you should say that. Well, I mean, you sort of stressed it wrong, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sam's opinions. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, join us after the break for Sam's opinions. Hello and welcome to part two of Please Watch This. So now we're going to get Sam's opinions on Apollo 13. That's right, aren't we, Sam? Oh, yes, we are. Weird noise that I made first. Uh, we are. Yeah, I, I've got to echo everything you've said. It is a very good film. This is a very good film. I'll give my holistic review straight off. I'm not going to be slagging this film off. Really? Not going to be yeah. You slag. <laughs> you slag. Um, you know, the things that I liked, it, it built the drama really well. You know, I don't know how... Uh, exactly it was like real life I've heard um, that Ron Howard did use a lot of the transcripts from the actual mission but it's like the, the it's like the mission went cinematically then they either adapted it really well or the mission was cinematic because as soon as you've figured one problem out another problem arises yeah you know if you figured out the the oxygen well then CO2 is your problem if you figured out CO2 then power is your problem the, you know yeah. and these things mount and it's so well done and so well um put in motion and it you never really have much respite that it really is very cinematic and i wonder if that's what drew filmmakers to the project or if that's what filmmakers brought to the project and i don't know i mean to be honest there's um, a wonderful youtube channel called history buffs and it's where a guy basically goes through the histori- historical accuracy of films uh, of hollywood Marvelous. films and um in, he does it in a not so like super nerdy way if that makes sense and one of the films he's done is actually Apollo 13 um, and I recommend watching it it's about 52 minutes long um, really good really good channel um, 
it doesn't upload very often which is a bit annoying but yeah it's um and it goes through all the little like historical inaccuracies which it, there's very few in fact the only things that they really do is they cut out i think there was a couple of other you know like they have to do the um they do like a burn don't they to kind of mm. um get them the s- manual burn yeah they had to do a, about three of those or something and they only show one again cinematically yeah what are you getting from two and three yeah and then also the, the so the bit when you know John levels like Houston, we've have a problem. Um, the in in the actual in the actual like real life recording of it, because there's like there's people filming it as they're doing the um, you know they're doing the the mission, and the film makes it more they, they the actors are a bit more dramatic in what's happening. Yeah. When you listen, he sounds like he's on the phone to his friend, going, right. "Yeah, there's something wrong with the uh, with the ship here. I don't know, maybe." You know, it's like he's describing his car. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and they've made you know, it more cinematic. Yeah. I, I love. Uh, I think it was Louis C.K. again was talking about um, black box recordings, and he says, "You know, he basically when Louis C.K. was criticizing the film Gravity and how inept Sandra Bullock's character is and how flailing she is, he says, you know, you listen to black box." black box recordings of even like um uh airline pilots who were uh, a couple of rungs below <laughs> astronauts and it's literally uh, okay so the engines failed okay i'm going to try this i'm going to try that okay this has failed okay everything's going to die we're all fine and uh, you know and then within like a half a second before the crash they all go ah! but until then they're totally cool yeah it's like i'm on fire but i'm just pressing this button here now to see if that will yeah, restart the engine try, uh, yeah my arms fall okay. enough i'm using yeah. my teeth to steer co-pilot's yeah. dead and uh, yeah and they're yeah. quite cool about it and uh, interestingly, talking about gravity, I was watching, uh, kind of inspired by watching this film, I was uh, re-watching Chris Hadfield, uh, the astronaut, talk about yeah. the veracity of certain space movies. And he talks about how basically gravity's shit and Armageddon's shit for those reasons. Um, but he says that about this film, maybe the most realistic of all space movies. Mm. It was something that really struck, which was... Um, you know, exposition on not not let's I won't even use the word exposition. The the conversation between uh, Houston and and the Odyssey very realistic. It, at no yeah. point is it holding your hand in in them. You know, experts explaining to experts their job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, the joke the we always make is we need to get this man to a hospital. He's like, yes. <laughs> I know. I work here too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just as qualified as you are. And, you know, so they're talking about A, this, and B, that, and God knows what, but you get this, the gist of yeah. they're in trouble and they need to do this and that. And they have little asides that potentially they maybe wouldn't have. Maybe it's a bit unprofessional, but probably they, they're it's, still people. I think it's that, something... that, that get us into the what the heck is happening, really. Yeah. yeah. It's something that... Um... Star Trek does very well I find over the years when you can have all this silly techno babble that you don't understand but it's the the reaction of the actors and their emotions yeah. and this is what this guy on the history buff said as well it's like you know it's important or it's serious because of the way they're reacting another yeah. thing that was dram- dramat- dramatised was you know when they have the little they're in the Odyssey and they have the little argument and because mm, yeah. basically Bill Paxton seems to be mad at um 
at uh, Tim Bacon's character for he's because he was the one who was asked to stir the to stir the oxygen tanks, like yeah. and kind of half blamed him. And apparently that just never happened because what again you, you know, don't why? think they would ever argue with those guys would they? Yeah, that, you know that. And but the cinema isn't it, and 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 it's not going so far as Gravity, where they're basically meeting on their spacewalk, <laughs> like but they're basically meeting while they're in. in oh space. yeah, someone pointed that. Oh, out. you got a kid? Yeah. How do you not know that about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody what pointed about that out, didn't they? They were like, you know, these people should have been working together for months before this. <laughs> and it's basically like flirting with it, yeah. So that, yeah, that come really come that. to space often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's your uh, surname? <laughs> of all the moon walks in all the world you had to walk into mine (laughs) I liked Gravity when I saw it at the cinema but it is there is there is there's some flaws in it but there's some stuff that's accurate like apparently fire will go into like a ball and then just kind of burn itself out but honestly, if, I'll send you a link. I'll put it on social. I think I've seen. I've seen it. I've, to. You might. You probably. Yeah, seen it's it, wired, know. isn't it? Basically saying, like, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and he's saying, it. you know, they're not just rushing past. They're going at five miles a second past them. You know, and all this the debris and all that. <laughs> he explains it. Understandably, explains it better than I do. Um, yeah. And uh, similar to The Martian, I had a similar feeling of this film is a celebration of ingenuity and bravery and yeah. determination and experimentation. You know, like. And also a little little jab at the fact that they've got two companies making the the oxygen, uh, not the the scrubbing equipment for the two things. Yeah. And how we've got to get this square thing into this circle thing. And yeah. he just like puts on a table. The, we've got all this stuff, and your socks. <laughs> you yeah, know, uh, yeah. make it. In, you've got this amount of time. And just like the Martian, the Martian was just one long celebration of how in, ingenious somebody can be and innovative and. Use the science the shit out of it. Um, yeah, one of the better phrases. Great right, performances, right. obviously. You know, Tom Hanks and Ed Harris. I would, I would single out. I think in this film, um, Ed Harris is a sort of James Khan uh, masculinity about him. You yeah, know, and he looks oh. scarily like the guy he's portraying as well in this film. Really? Yeah, they're very, <laughs> like he's like literally. You know, when they said who would play you in Hollywood, and that guy would probably go, "Yeah, Ed Harris," and he's like, "Oh, yeah. Taz." And... Give Ed Harris a buzz cut and a flat top, and we're yeah, we're on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was um, it was interesting how it was the same sort of, uh, you know, they they look so alike. Um, I find it so interesting. So Ed Harris would have been in his mid-40s at the time. I find it so interesting that a man who had been an actor for long enough, presumably been rich for long enough, and lived a a pretty decent life for long enough, still manages to look like somebody who's stressed and, you know, I don't know, like rolling his sleeves up and smokes cigarettes and lives a sort of much more manly existence, again, for want of a better phrase, than someone who's been an actor for that amount of time. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, smoking helps, I guess. <laughs> smoking, actually being a smoker, which presumably is. And... He's looked about 40 since he was probably about 25 also. He's quite, know, he's quite just, tall and his hair's kind of He's presumably lived young. in LA for 10 years by this point. Or, you know, like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I, know, I know exactly. Yeah, he I doesn't look LA, yeah. doesn't he? No, he, he doesn't. He's, he looks uh, like a man. He's weathered, <laughs> doing isn't a he? Job. Weathered. He's weathered. And yeah. How do you look weathered when you've been a, a rich, famous actor for a decade or two? You know, I it's it's um, anyway. That's a separate conversation. But yeah. I, I thought he was excellent. Um, I also like that the that it's not about Apollo Eleven and going into the moon for the first time. That the sort of one of the side, not plots, but recurring themes is nobody gives a shit about this mission except when it's failing. 
Yeah. That was really interesting to me, just the sort of, you know, on land conflict there. And I thought, yeah, that is yeah. that is weird, I think, even to a modern perspective, that the second this was the second one to the moon. Oh no, Apollo think, twelve did they go to the moon? Yeah, I think so. I'm not I couldn't I couldn't tell you something from the I think honest. they do based on based on what a guy said at the start. So let's say the third mission to the moon. It's weird that that's not news. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it is a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, it's like they've just been so spoiled with and I think you know, something you know, they mentioned in the film you know the daughter's upset because the Beatles have just broken up as well yeah 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 um, yeah because it turned 1970 and they went ah fuck this <laughs> it's like they went it's 1970 it's time to break up lads okay end of the 60s <laughs> Hendrix yeah. just died alright uh, Janis Joplin yeah. and Jim Morrison are on yeah. their way out you know like <laughs> the 60s are over man <laughs> yeah all, yeah all our heroes are dead so uh, time to yeah. time to break up lads yeah. <laughs> and go and, and for Paul McCartney to go make a slightly shitter band <laughs> <laughs> a much shitter band a much shitter band yeah they had Speaking one good, which, one I, watched, good song. I watched yesterday last week or the, the other week that looks awful I'm not gonna I lie. loved it as a as a love letter to the Beatles, you watch that film and you go, "I'm going to listen to the Beatles for three days straight." I, I genuinely, it's a, it's a Richard Curtis penned film, so is it? I know it's Danny aside. Boyle directed. Danny Boyle directed. So I mean, genuinely, genuinely. I mean, I don't it. think Danny Boyle's made a bad film. To be fair to him, he doesn't really make them. But no. he, yeah, I, I loved yesterday and and watched scenes from it recently. Um, I might recommend that one day. Yeah. Oh, I won't be watching that. <laughs> well, if I recommend it, that's the rule. But that, that was all the good stuff. It was really good, well acted, well paced. Like you say, the drama, the tension, the the building of tension as well. You know, the the, the sort of one of the rules with a say a heist movie or a movie where you've got a plan like this yeah. is the more you tell of the plan, the more it has to go wrong. Right. If you don't tell the plan, you can just show the plan working, and, it, and mm. that's great for the audience. But if you tell everybody what you're going to do, we're going to go to moon and come back. It's got to go wrong in so many ways, you know. Yeah. And they gave us lots of details about how that works. And they just knew that. They worked it really well and, and they, they found the angle for it. It, it kept uh, it having fantastic. lots of, like, allusions to something was about to... Something bad was going to happen, you know. Um, Gary Sinise's character gets replaced because they think he's got the me- he's going to get the measles. Mm, yeah. um, Which I, I don't think, if it wasn't based on true events, probably wouldn't have happened. Or maybe yeah. it would in a more dramatic way, like he dies. Yeah, he'd die in a car crash leg. or something. Yeah. It wouldn't be something like, oh, he might have the measles and he never, he never does. But yeah. he would definitely break his leg or something, wouldn't he? Like, yeah. Something more dramatic um, than that. You know, it's number 13 as well. And it's yeah. and it's going to go, it's it's due to take off at 13.13. And yeah. it's going to arrive on the 13th of April. Taking and, the piss with that, really. Yeah, they? They were, apparently nobody really thought that. It was just that the conditions at... at you know, 13 no. minutes past. Yeah, I don't believe it myself. It sounds like bullshit from what I heard. That but, is absolute bullshit. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have like, um, they have operating windows, don't they? I reckon things. five pass would have been just as fine. Yeah, yeah. I think they made a bit of an effort, didn't they? But, you know, yeah. they, they make it, and then she, um, Kathleen Quinlan's character, she loses a wedding ring down the, um, yeah. Which, yeah. which you would have thought, oh, that's just Hollywood bullshit, but that actually happened. I was gonna, well, actually, I thought, well, that doesn't go anywhere, so that must have happened. Yeah, apparently she you know, like did get it back, you know. but um, yeah. she, it did happen at the time. Although one thing I did think was missing from this film was, you, even though you see like the family like all hugging and crying and celebrating when they 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 come back, they um, it never actually shows Tom Hanks and her reunited, does it? Which you would have That's thought would have been a nice scene for the uh, the, the audience. 
That would, yeah, that would have to be an extra scene. Yeah, um, and this was you've had the you've had the the homecoming. She can't be there. No, because because obviously, so. obviously it's wherever they land. Yeah, I think this, they mentioned a typhoon, so it must have been out in the Pacific somewhere. It was Orojima, yeah, sort of like uh, yeah, South Pacific, as they say. And <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and I think again, if it wasn't based on real events, they would have landed basically on a, on like mainland American soil. And should have been <laughs> there the cheering the crowd or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't uh, sort of realize how many. Um, tropes and references were in the film all the way to Johnson you know the guy Johnson <laughs> really? from Austin Powers it's there... either the same actor or someone who's yeah. shaved his head and grown his he- head to look exactly like that you know? <laughs> maybe but maybe. it looks like a big a bi- <laughs> it yes. looks like a big Johnson <laughs> Jeff Bezos <laughs> um, so Sam was there anything you didn't particularly like about this film not much, really, not much at all. I mean, one of the problems is, right at the start of the film in the credits, it says, based on a book co-written by Jim Lovell. And I thought, well, fucking hell. <laughs> and literally, what's really funny is... Why Why did you I, think that? Sorry, I'm not with you. He's called Jim Lovell. And I was like, oh, well, so it's based on a spoils... book by Jim fucking Lovell. <laughs> yeah, oh, it <he laughs> spoils know, the ending, yeah. He survives. And what's really funny is, literally, uh, that comes up in the... Credit opening credits, and then his wife or some yeah his wife says, Jim Lovell <laughs> like she just reaffirms that he's called Jim Lovell as that's on screen. So that was a bit of a problem. It would have been a problem obviously if I didn't already know that they were going to survive. Yeah, I would say hardly a criticism, but it does feel very functional film restricted the material. I won't go so far as to say bland because it wasn't bland because I had an emotional reaction to it, but. I was, again, to use a Beatles analogy, the Beatles are one of the best bands of all time, but if but none of their songs would feature in my top, like, 50 favourite songs, where because they're very functional and know how to manipulate you, whereas, like... Almost pop Voodoo by Child, numbers, is that what you, you mean? Yeah. It feels like it's done sense, by like, numbers, drama, drama. Yeah, like, these are the chords and these are the things, and you do this and you do that, and it, and it, and it, makes, an, and it makes a movie, whereas, like... Voodoo Child's Slight Return by Jimi Hendrix is caterwauling all over the place in a way that is so visceral and evocative um, but is not pinned by numbers so this film for me can't be in that top 20, 30 films of all time because it doesn't do that but then again it's not really meant to it's a biopic and it's this and it's that so it's kind of restricted by what it is as a film and the reason why I'm giving this as a criticism is because this means it can't be 10 out of 10 for me if that makes sense you know this is probably as good as it possibly could be Mm. yeah without without being completely a different genre yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah like you know, it, I mean, it's, I've got this sort of recency bias that all I can think about now is the Suicide Squad, but that kicks you in the nuts and like does things uh, a bit odd uh, because that's better than what the first one did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's sort of yeah. broke that. I, see, I, I can see where you're coming from, and that version and that film, the, the, the Suicide Squad. Given what it is, that's the best version of that that it can be without yeah. it being like. Um, there was a video I watched on YouTube the other day, and it was saying. You know, the next thing that they could do with the Suicide Squad, it would have to be them, like, fighting Superman or something like that, because yeah. that's the next natural what progression. What else are you going to do? Some of Actually, just something I've thought about. Where is Superman when Starro turns up? 
I don't even mm. know where it fits in the yeah because he just he's just presumably twatted Steppenwolf so uh, he's having a week off he's having a week off yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got to brush his God knows. He's got to brush his black suit off or something. They didn't even do the Marvel thing of, oh, he's off-world. <laughs> they didn't no, even do they that. Didn't even, they didn't even write him out, did they, at all? Because, yeah. That's even... for another week, maybe. They yeah, that's interesting. I did watch part. another James Gunn film, actually, Slither, in Ben's Weekend of Fun. Re- Ben's Weekend of Fun. <laughs> Have you seen Slither? No, I haven't, actually. I'll stick it on the list. I'm sticking it on the list oh, right now. All right, good. So, so, yeah, that's basically what I disliked was, it's not a 10 out of 10 because it's not, Breaking the mold, right? It's you feel it's a bit paint by numbers, but you're still painting a masterpiece. But it paints every single color in the right number. Yeah, and it doesn't go over the lines. So you still get you, you're painting by numbers, but you're still getting Van Gogh essentially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you still it still looks amazing when it's done, or you know, yeah. Turner or whatever, or yeah. Mona Lisa. Fair enough. I can see. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's um, it's as be- it's as good as it can be given what it is. Yeah. yeah, I think there could have been more character development potentially. Uh, but again, you, you then you have a runtime issue because it is over two hours. You're absolutely mm. right; it didn't feel like two and a half. That's what two, I was. Two and a quarter hours. That's what I was didn't. genuinely worried about with you—that you would found it boring because of its runtime. No, um, it's because it's tense when you're yeah. tense, and you know, I, I was like, "Oh wow, they've already lifted off." It's only—it's literally minute thirty-five that they lift off into space. Really? I was expecting because it's two and a half, two and a quarter. I was like, "Well, they're getting to space in about an hour. That's the halfway point. That's when they're in space." No, no, we're gonna set up their family stuff, set up the mission. Set up this little measles thing. Set up these conflicts. Uh, he's a you know he's a bit of a player boy. He's coming last minute. Kevin Bacon and all that. Thirty five minutes are in space, and I thought, what are they going to do for nearly two hours now? Yeah. Uh, but they hold your attention the whole time. I think there's so thing, many players, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's basically you've got the you've got the actual yeah. Cause you've got the you've got the astronaut. You've got the command center. You've got Garrison East, and you've got the wife, haven't you? You got the wife, you got the, the children and their little yeah. conflicts and the whatever. You've got the yeah, you've got the whole news thing of no one gives a shit until you're gonna die on screen. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so fair enough, fair enough. plenty you know, filled it. There wasn't well, there was no filler. All killer, no filler. All killer, no filler, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, um, yeah first. That's what we like to recommend, isn't it? So yeah. what was your so we'll do favourite scene, favourite line, favourite shot, Sam. What was your favourite scene? <laughs> um Well, you know, I, I had I had a few choices while I was watching it, but the one that gave me the biggest emotional reaction, which is quite, it didn't really fit the the mold usually for this sort of thing, was the re-entry to Earth. The reason for that is because I knew they'd made it because I had some vague knowledge of that. Um, but it went on for so long after the three minutes. It wasn't three minutes. Wait a second, they've made it. It's four four and a half minutes, and. They did it so masterfully that even though I was watching this film, my daughter's there and she's talking to me about flags of Africa and God knows what I did, all this sort of stuff. When they finally were seen, Kids, uh, I knew that, and I, <laughs> and I knew they were going to be seen. I cried when really? they when they, when we had visual confirmation that they'd re-entered, and I totally didn't expect it. I was like, "Well, like obviously they're there. Obviously they're there. Obviously they're four and a half minutes." And it was just this catharsis. Um, another one for the bingo. Please watch this bingo. <laughs> I really didn't expect to cry, but I cried. And he underst- Ron Howard also understands that when you're showing something emotional like that, the emotion is not in seeing the thing re-enter. It's not seeing the boxer win the whatever, the championship bout. It's in looking directly in the faces of the people who are reacting to it. Yeah. You're having this very emotional, sympathetic 
reaction, empathetic, I suppose, um, of seeing all these different characters react in their ways and very profound ways. I don't think you're completely up to date yet on my uh, on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, are you? No, not at the moment. There is a scene in one of the most recent seasons that I'll be very cryptic about, but listener, if you've seen it, you'll know, where Mac is trying to convey something and he does it in an interpretative way and you feel an emotion at the way in which he interprets in which he shows it but a character finally understands what he's trying to convey and it's in looking at that character's face that you actually and I'm getting chills now go oh god and you actually have an emotional reaction to it and that's as cryptic as I can make it it's it's not even in the act it's in looking squarely in the face of a very good actor reacting to it you know mm. Okay, that's cryptic, does that chime but, with you? You know, that, yeah. like that in this yeah. film, it's it's not it's not necessarily seeing them on entry, but it's looking at Ed Harris, it's looking at Gary Sinise, it's looking at his it's wife, that, and looking, you know, it's the fact that everything else, other than like, there's a bit of music. Is there music even playing? I think the music probably rises. I don't even know. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but you've but got he's, the he's, whole he's, his boys' friends are all like, oh, you know, like yeah. patting him on the back. But and, it's that it's that like calm, isn't it? And there's just a lone voice going, you know. Um, um, Odyssey, do you read? This is yeah. this is Houston on your like, left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of <laughs> that quietness and yeah, it was it was great because it showed some of the, it showed them re-entering and it showed them like going with the heat, you know, the heat on the capsule and all that. But yeah. it didn't show. Never showed them. Never showed them really, and like only like but a then it, bit at the start. It goes then. in a bit, yeah, a bit at the start, and then it cuts out, and then it's them counting that three minutes down. Mm. And then the guy's like, they're well, three minutes more than three minutes, they're fucking dead. And Walter Cronkite is like, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And there's, they even say it, don't they? He goes, oh, it's out for three minutes. And then if it's been yeah. four, like a four, you know, four and a half. Yeah. They're yeah. dead. Yeah. And then I think in real life, this actually happened. It was six minutes, apparently. But what you don't, although, <laughs> and this is, I mean, this is annoying and it kind of ruins it a little bit, but. Apparently, they would have seen them on radar about ten of seconds it would. Of course before. It would. Yeah, the camera they got sees the, them immediately. The radar, so yeah, yeah, but that's not that's not cinema, is it? No, and you, and you wouldn't want it to be. I mean, it could yeah. be cool if they had like a little radar and you were just watching this radar screen and everyone was looking down and then this little boop. That would have been cool. But, he, but his wife can't be seeing that, and his kid can't be seeing no, that. And the no. world can't be seeing that. So no, that's, that's a very good point. Actually, one of those where you go, Do you know yeah. what? You've got artistic license there. Yeah, that's and it's fine, and you, you've totally go with it. Yeah, that is a great scene, actually. It's and just it's visually very striking as well, isn't it? When yeah, and then yeah. the camera cuts and they fight and they they see the capsule with the with the and excuse me with, with three the, parachutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently in. 71, some Russian astronauts, or cosmonauts as they're called in Russia, uh, um, apparently there were some Russian astronauts that um, landed in the sea and there was um, a leak in the the capsule and they drowned. Fucking hell, imagine that. Imagine that, yeah. Getting that close. I did think... This is really dependent on the rescue team mm. <laughs> finding them in the South Pacific. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're pretty Johnny on the spot, aren't they, with them? Yeah, they really are. Um, so my favourite scene I put down was, I just, and it kind of just distills this movie into its con- almost constituent parts and just what this the premise of this film is. And it's the scene when, basically, Ed Harris gets told about the filters, one being round, one being rectangular oh, and yeah. square. Yeah. And then... 
30 seconds later there's a group of men they're all in a they're all in a room and he's like you've got to put a round you've got to put a round hole into a square peg or a square peg in a round hole or whatever he says and this is all you've got and that that basically sums up the movie these are yeah. this is all you've got at your disposable and this is yeah same with Gary Sinise when they're saying do you want a break they don't get a yeah. break I don't get a break mm-hmm. yeah yeah I really like that I, re- I just it kind of really distills the film down to what what it is essentially yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. It really, and again, that celebration of ingenuity and craftsmanship and engineering, fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great scene. So, what was your favourite line of the film? You know, the one that I that like, it, I kind of laughed at, but also I think has some profundity. Was um, when they're trying to they're trying to they're worried about the CO two scrubbers, and Jim Lovell looks at the his crewmates and says just breathe normal fellas they're clearly holding <laughs> their breath yeah <laughs> and they're just it was a funny moment you know a bit of irreverence but also like the the lens to which you would have to go in that situation of I'm breathing too heavily <laughs> you know <laughs> I haven't slept for a week um, yeah. breathing too heavily yeah they, I, they just, have to tell them don't they to go to sleep yeah, yeah, and, and something about and I quite liked that little mutiny, the kidney mutiny, you know, the biomeds, uh, the bio yeah. feedback kind of mutiny thing. Yeah, and, really and like that. the um, Ed, Ed um, Harris's character's like, yeah, let's cut some slack. <laughs> They're in a yeah. very stressful situation here, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I do, I do like that line. And there's another line, isn't there, that's similar to it where. They're talking about like the engineers and the um, people working at the command center, and and he's like, I can't order them to go to sleep, <laughs> you know, because all because yeah. it's yeah. like all the other people are staying awake says. as well. Yeah. Um, How about yourself? Your favorite line? Um, I'm going to be very cliche here, and I think is it Houston? We have a problem. It is, yeah, because it's, it's the iconic one, isn't it? it? It's so it's one of those few sort of movie lines that has actually transcended. Movies, uh, you know, it's it's broken people know out. that line without knowing that this film exists. Pretty so, much, I would imagine. Yeah, if you say yeah. to someone, "Houston, we have a problem," they know that something's broken or gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, it's you say it jokingly, don't you? In, yeah. Whenever there's some fouls up or whatever, and I did feel like after watching it again today, like it does have a bit of a dearth of lack of actually great lines in this film. So it's 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 so strange that it has this one classic line. But the rest of it was quite hard to find out. There's one other yeah, like little you know, exchange. I, I, think I think there's a lot of semi-witty lines. I don't it's think not it's, badly written. Don't get me wrong. No, no. It's, I don't think it's as bland as that. But it's not. It's not. Other than it's one famous quote, it's not overly quotable. No, that's fair. That's fair. It's not yeah. with an own eye. No, or Austin Powers. Yeah. Or you know, um, you know, Pulp Fiction or something. No. But very few things are, I suppose, ultimately. Yeah, those three, uh, and that's why. Yeah, Austin, Austin Powers. That was, a, that, was a, that was a very yeah, like they're comedies, aren't they? But like, I mean, yeah. like you know, dramatic films. Um, you know, like I think I think if we ever, I've never seen the film A Few Good Men, but I'm sure if we ever watch that or we ever do it on the film on the podcast, <laughs> you know, we're both going to be like the truth. You can't handle the truth. And that's all we're going to yeah. remember because that's all yeah. that anybody send that to your list. That's all, all that people remember. <laughs> do you have any other lines? Because there was a few others. In fairness, I quite liked when his um, his mum asked Neil Armstrong if she's in the space program t- too. <laughs> I like it. I like the bit when his mum talks about you know if they could figure out how to make a washing machine fly my Jimmy can land it yeah 
And there's yeah. a bit, um, I was just searching for it then, I couldn't quite find the, the right wording, but when uh, Nixon's asking them for odds on them surviving, he says, we, you know, we're not going to, these men are not going to die, we're going to, these men are going to survive this. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't quite find the Ed, Ed Harris cool. line, but um, yeah. I also like um, the bit when basically the, it's actually, it, it, it gave me the person, because I wasn't sure who he was in the film, but it's just, but he go, it's the NASA director apparently, he goes, this could be the worst uh, disaster NASA has ever experienced. And then uh, Ed Harris's character, Gene Krantz, turns to him and goes, with all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. And that's just, yeah. uh, it is a bit like America. Fuck it. But it's, and, yeah. but it is also like, but it was kind of as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they really, they really but succeeded again, it's, in saving these men. But again, it speaks to a sort of theme of, of persistence and yeah. durability and, you know, getting through yeah. it and actually turning it into a win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you have a favourite shot, Sam? Well, I'm to you sort did, of echo your favourite, well, that, that was part of the planning. Yeah, uh, your favourite line, the the the, the sort of uh, you know the close up on Tom Hanks, Jim Lovell, mm. when he says Houston, we have a problem. I think it's a good shot. I also mm. quite like when the in re-entry when it's burning up. Yeah, I do think most of the effects in this have have aged pretty well. Like there was better than I, better than like a Transformers film from ten years ago. I pointed out for me, that. I got about four that I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit ropey. Gets slightly ropey, but considering it's it's you know it's in the sort of realm of twenty well, it's twenty six years ago basically. It's pretty impressive. I think for what they're for what they're doing as well. I think because it was a HD sort of, um, you know reprint or whatever or version that I saw there's a shot where they show the I think it's the earth or the moon it's like a it's like a mid-range shot they basically the camera shows the moon and then it zooms out and it zooms out into the cockpit and you can mm, tell yeah. that that's just a picture of the moon and I thought oh well there that's Kevin they're going to zoom into the cockpit and it's going to be Kevin Bacon no sorry not Kevin Bacon um, Gary Sinise's character doing some work on, on the right. um, the test module rather than them actually being a real image and I think there was a there's a couple others that are a bit ropey but my favorite shot it comes from the re-entry scene it's basically when all the condensation's pouring off the console oh yeah and that's good it's like you know I think uh, Jim Lovell himself described it as it like raining in the cockpit and you kind of yeah. get that and the colors obviously with the red and um the shade and all that it's just a beautiful kind of it's atmospheric that's how I would describe Agreed. it. Agreed. But it, yeah. I mean, these kind of films lend themselves to great shots, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, then. Well, that's great stuff, Sam. What we're going to do now, mate, is we're going to have another break. And when we come back, we're going to do the critics' response. We're going to get your rating out of 10. And then we're going to find out what we're going to be watching next week. So, could be exciting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Join us after the break. Welcome back to this third part of Please Watch This, the final part. So never fear, listeners, we will be back next week, but this is your last part. <laughs> anyway, so Sam. Not a guarantee. Sam, 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 Sam. Mm, Sam. We're going to do the critics now. And <sighs> we always have one gentleman that we always like to use here because he's always got his opinions are always very valid, always very interesting. And which gentleman would that be, Sam? 
Barbara Streisand. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, which, which? No, no, no. That's okay. Barbara Streisand's first of all a woman. Uh, just to let you know. Roger Ebert. It is old Snoop Rogie Rog himself. So he goes to say, Apollo 13 never really states its theme, except perhaps in one sentence of narration at the end. But the whole film is suffused with it. The space program was a, was a really extraordinary thing, something to be proud of. And those who went into space were not just heroes, which is a cliche, but brave and respectful. He also goes on to say, this is a powerful story, one of the year's best films told with great clarity and remarkable technical detail. Um, Well acted and uh, without pumped up histrionics. It's about men trained to do a job and doing a better one than any of us could have imagined. Uh, The buried message is when we dialed down the space programme, we lost something crucial to our vision. When I was a young kid, uh, they used to predict that by the year 2000, you'd be able to go to the moon. Nobody ever thought to predict that you'd be able to, but nobody would bother. How many stars do you think Rog gave it? I reckon three and a half. No, he gave it four. He was full on four. He's got four. No, that that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, I was I was a bit harsh there. I mean, he's right. I mean, t- imagine telling somebody in 1970, oh, by the way, we don't go back for at least 50 years. It's insane. I mean, the film... It, they wouldn't believe you. Like The film literally ends with um, him saying, you know, when will we go back to the moon? And 20, what, yeah. six years later? We th- that was 26 years yeah. earlier. Like, <laughs> I wonder when we're going to... Nope, stop. Like nobody's <laughs> set foot on it. They're, they're basically going for, well, what's the next step? Well, commercial commercial trips to the moon. That are yeah. So... Yeah. It is weird. And obviously people are like, well, we could spend that money on healthcare and stuff. I just think watch a bit of Carl Sagan, have a bit of a sense of the wider picture of what yeah. it means to exist yeah. in the It's universe. not just that, but they, they they derive many benefits from these sort of um, endeavours. It was clearly a militaristic endeavour, surely. If you can make jets that can go to the moon, you can make rockets that go to the other side of the planet. That clearly in the Cuban Missile Crisis world mm. was what the intention was, other than beating the Ruskies. Clearly, it's let's be better at war, <laughs> and at least that gets funding because it's what the American military is what seven hundred and fifty billion dollars a year. Oh, it's insane! It's like twice as much yeah. as any other nation, and I think the closest yeah. to it's like China. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, go to the. But then, what are they going to gain? I suppose from going to the moon. So it is a case of we've been there and done that. If Elon Musk, if Elon Musk said, "I'm going to go to the moon," we'd be like. All right. <laughs> You, you and Bezos and Branson are going to go do your Moonwalk, little yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, I suppose it's just... It's the, it's the sustainability of it, wasn't it? But then they speak about, yeah. like, it's actually... There's, like, under the regolith, there's, like, lots of stuff that you can make rocket fuel with. Like, lots of sort of... Yeah, you could, the, the, the talk is that you make, a like, a rocket fuel plant on the moon, and then that allows you to be able to fuel... Um, Spaceships that can go to Mars. Yeah. Something sustainable, yeah. something, some sort of geoform. Yeah, I, I teach, easier. as I've mentioned before, I teach EPQ, which is students to pick up a title and then do a project yeah. about it for the whole year. And it's a very common question, um, how do we, uh, what's the word, how do we 
uh, cult fit no, what's, no, how, basically how do we live on the moon oh, right. um, uh, oh, sorry how do we live on Mars can we live on Mars and basically they all come to the conclusion yeah we, we, actually, we can actually <laughs> we've got everything we need to go to Mars and live on it you know we've got all the technology yeah, um, kind of, more or less obviously yeah. they don't get that technical with it but basically they go well we've got this method for that of oxygen this method for food this method for getting there and I guess I guess it's just what the what is the purpose if we're going to spend two trillion dollars or whatever to get to live on the moon to what end I mean look at it this what, what were they saying that it cost the Americans to fight the war in Afghanistan and it was yeah. like some it was like a trillion dollars or something crazy like that yeah like, they've spent something like twenty trillion dollars since the Second World War on military stuff. and it's like what did you get <laughs> it was like Vietnam Afghanistan what did you get from it imagine what you could have done with that money do you know what I mean yeah. Where it, what it yeah. could have done but it's the world we live in people just aren't willing to spend on <laughs> science and research one day a country that is like you know has a lot of money will spend an absolute shed load on that and everyone will go well duh <laughs> why didn't we do this before <laughs> but yeah anyway I've got another review for, for you uh, another contemporary review this time from Richard uh, Corliss in Time Magazine and he said this basically is a throwback to classic Hollywood pictures about men in groups, notably Howard Hawks's Gruff Flyboy, uh, Pan Jerick's Dawn Patrol, Only Angels Have Wings, and Air Force. The new film is also a splendid display of old-fashioned, realistic special effects, which convince viewers not that they are in a cartoon, but that they are, in- are instead inside a real rocket with real people who really might die. The result is that rare Hollywood achievement, an adventure of the intelligent spirit. From liftoff to splashdown, Apollo 13 gives one hell of a ride. And he talks about, at the beginning of that review, how action movies are always about, like, the the individual against the universe and how, you know, it's always the will and wits of an individual where, and for some reason, Hollywood has actually shied away from doing these films like Apollo 13, where it's actually, it's not just the astronauts on their own, it's the group and the team behind them, you know, the the hundreds of people back at NASA trying to save them and how, for some reason, we seem to prefer, you know, despite the fact... Well, he's basically saying, despite the fact that, uh, you know, space travel can give you tons of literal, like, adventure and drama and suspense, they choose not to focus on that kind of group aspect of things, which is interesting. That was one thing, um, for all that I love The Martian, and for all that I love Donald Glover, a.k.a. Charles Combino, a.k.a. Troy from Community, I didn't like his role in The Martian, where he comes through and he's this quirky genius. And I thought, well, that's not what this is about. This is about... People who've worked hard and are in uh, have a little bit of ingenuity. It's not like some artistic savant, you know. It's not like it just felt a bit yeah, quirky. Yeah, he was like, I mean? "Oh, here's some genius who came out and worked out how to get him home sooner by doing X, Y, and Z." Yeah, I just thought. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, he works out, doesn't he, that they can use the spaceship that got them there to they can go around something to go back can't some they? sort of catapult thing but slingshot thing but i just think yeah it's not a spark of inspiration it's a, it's it's just ingenuity yeah. and engineering and that sort of yeah it would have been a group really like of that. people would have worked these these um mechanics out there's a great actually there is a great line in this film where he goes well we're in isaac newton's hands now yeah uh, he's in yeah, the seat. He's, oh, isaac newton isaac newton's in the driving seat now isn't he is what he says yeah yeah, yeah, which is a really good good line, despite what I said. So, Sam, 
how many oxygen tanks out of 10 would you give Apollo 13? <laughs> As you know, I like a decimal. I'm going to go for 8.5. Wow, that's pretty high. I can see why you said you, you basically said why it would never be a 10. But an 8.5 is a good rating. I'm glad you liked it so much. I knew you would. I kind of figured... I, I, I was worried that you'd find it a bit boring and a bit long and maybe the jargon, a bit jargony, but I'm glad you enjoyed this because it is a good film. It's a slam dunk of a film. It's, a, it's, a, it's for all the family. It's It's... It's an exceptional film without being, you know, a creative genius. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, there's no... Yeah, this is just the execution of real events troubled dramatically because the drama is yeah. inbuilt into the scenario. So it's, can you extract that and show it on the screen? And can you get your audience to invest? Which they do. And I did. I felt I felt emotions and I learned yeah. some stuff, which is about as much as you could uh, get from a film. Indeed, honestly. indeed. Um, so we're going to check yeah. how closely you actually watched the film with a wee quiz, because I know oh. how much you like a quiz. <laughs> oh, yes. So, Sam, question one. What time is the rocket due to launch? 13.13. That's correct. Well done. Uh, which oxygen tank ruptured? Which number was it? Good question. I it a few times. Um... There was, well, I think it was an engine in E. There's oxygen. C. There's quite a few options here because one of them's the oxygen tank, the other one's various other things. I'm going to go for oxygen C. No. It was, ah, was, it it e? was number two. <laughs> yeah, number two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a few things that failed, basically, yeah. and I was like, ah, d- Yeah, I they turn off a load of fuel cells, don't they, that the oxygen uses to, to in combination, right. and that's when they go. Yeah we've lost the moon, you know, when they realise that they have to, because they can't <laughs> yeah. be restarted for some reason. Uh, okay, question three. How many amps do they need to get down, to get back to Earth? How many amps do they need? Or what do they need to be running oh. on? What's the maximum? They're like quota. Yeah, what's the maximum amount of amps they can use? I believe it was, t- oh, not 20, 200, 20, 20, 200. It's either 20 or 200. Neither 20 of those. Or <laughs> yeah. It's no, neither, it's of, neither those. of those. Less than... What are we, are we it's a low total? end. It's the lower end. In the 20 end? No, no, 20. it's b- underneath tw- It's underneath <laughs> 20. Six. It's doubled that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do say it a good few times, to be fair. Was it 12 per day? No, or it was 12. They needed, you've got it wrong. It was 12. <laughs> they needed 12. They needed 12 amps to be able to, um, basically, they had to save enough power to have enough power to restart the computer and the engines, essentially. So they had to get them down to 12 amps because anything over that would have used up too much energy. There was a lot of numbers thrown around and it was like a rate of this many amps per whatever. I, 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 I think I successfully failed I at think that you question. just failed at that question. Yeah, basically Gary Sinise's <laughs> character spends the time in the other module trying to do the startup sequence whilst never going over 12 amps. And is it 12? That's it's so less, bad that I've got I mean, they literally... Almost, almost a one-person Mandela effect yeah. of it definitely was a two. But then again, <laughs> I mean, I they say that it's like a two in it. they say that it's like less than what would power that coffee machine or something for like twelve hours for yeah. a day or something. Honestly, like how do, how they thought? Yeah, we'll fucking go to the moon. We don't have as much as we have in not even a phone, but like a Casio yeah. calculator these yeah. days. I mean, Roger Ebert. That is unbearable. Not unbelievable, but unbearable. I, I mean, Roger Ebert in his review says that you know, he's got more power in the computer that he's using to type the review in than that they had in 69 and 70. 
it underlines how mechanical it is. They've got a radio frequency yeah. and they've got all these things that do this and they've got switches that do that. Why not? I mean, they have to work um, out manually, God. don't they? Some some stuff that they have to put into yeah. the to the LEM uh, computer. Yeah, it's and he's not confident in his, uh, his, his arithmetic his calculations. That was crazy. Yeah, where they all go thumbs up because he's got it right, <laughs> and there's like four <laughs> yeah. different guys all working it out at the same time just to check that yeah. he's right. Yeah, not even a calculator, just like not even like a. Not even a, not even an Excel. They show a slide rule, don't function. they? Which I've never used. I still don't <laughs> yeah. really know what one is, but it's well I've heard of for them. A time. Yeah. Right. Question four: What is the angle with which they need to re-enter Earth on? I believe it's two point five degrees. Almost two point something. Two point two degrees. Yes, 2.3 degrees. degrees. You just about get it right. And they show it in the film as if the Earth was a was a, t- a basketball, the Moon was like some paper or something. <laughs> yeah, and then they were 14 feet apart. The uh, the corridor would be the strip of the thin piece of paper. Well, it doesn't tell you what the, the actual spaceship, that could be like an atom, <laughs> and that could be massive. But yeah, they, they, it's a good visual representation. And then finally, question five. How many days did the mission in total last? That's a great question. One I sort of anticipated without then following I think it up does on. Um, tell you at the end of the film, I think. I could be wrong. I believe it's seven It days. is indeed. So, seven days. Seven. Well done, Sam. You got three of those, right? Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, no, well, that's fair enough. Yep. That is absolutely yep. fair enough. I sort of forgot there was a quiz while I was watching it, so I didn't... Really <laughs> fair enough. Anything. No worries. So, yeah, so that was uh, Apollo 13. No, Unlucky I'm, for I'm some, really but not happy for Sam. to be part of society uh, with that film, and I would... I would... I know you said half-heartedly, because that follows. Uh, I'm a cynic. I would... Ha- heartily remind, uh, recommend that film cool. to people that, to human to hu- people that's the main people and that's good yeah. I like it um, so Sam do you know what film we're doing next week certainly oh, do because we haven't do, discussed this off air so <laughs> I was worried we'd have to cut and discuss this <laughs> it's a film I, rec- I mentioned earlier <gasps> uh, it's a film called I Don't Feel at Home in This World oh anymore. I've heard of this but I have no idea about it perfect Who's in it? That is... I don't want to say anything. No, don't be like that. I don't want you to No, because know usually anything. you go, what do you like, know about this film? So me going, fuck yeah, all. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. What do you know about this film? And you said, no, I don't know. Oh, is it... Oh, it's the Netflix film, isn't it? With... Um, is it Emily Browning? Is that what she's called? No. It came out like last year or something, or twenty nine end of twenty nineteen. Yeah, recent, yeah. Recent. yeah. I'm pretty sure, is it Emily Browning, the girl I from uh, Lemony Snicket? I don't know. But basically, it's right. Her. Yeah, I have. Um, it's, the the great is it like a dinner party sort of film? Has it got Benedict Cumberbatch in it? No, I'm thinking of something else. Are you thinking of? I'm thinking of ending things. Yes, and one of those uh, sort of long winded titles. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, I, that, which feels a bit. I think it's Charlie Kaufman. Right. Though. I have um, no idea who's in this thing. Which I, I just I just don't really have much of an appetite for that. So, good, good. I don't want you to know anything. I don't want you to know anything at all. Don't watch any trailers. Don't read the the thing on Netflix. It is on Netflix. When you click on it on Netflix, don't read the thing. Just watch the okay. film, is my recommendation. Okay. So, good. Uh, that's all I can say. I watched it this weekend with Ben. I'd been meaning to watch it. It's excellent, in my in my opinion. We'll talk about it Sounds next good. Week. It does. It certainly does. Well, Hugh, 
thank you very much for introducing me to Apollo 13. If the listener wants to get in touch with us and tell us how they would splash down <laughs> in any con- in any given context, yeah. how could so what they that? need to do is uh, become a pornographer. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> no. What they need to do is. Um, so they, I mean, look, they could go. They, I mean, they could go to NASA or ESA, I think, or Roscosmos, which is the Russian space agency, um, and the Chinese and the Japanese ones, which I don't know the names of. Uh, or the Burkina Faso. Obviously, uh, Burkina Faso. Although I don't think that gets the funding it necessarily needs. They've probably got an email address. I, I imagine they. Yeah. So if you go to, so if you go to Burkina Faso, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, whilst you're there, get get on a computer. Or Sao Tome and Principe. We're not, I we're mean, not yeah, cheesy. or like French Guiana. They've got rockets. Rockets got there for the. Actually, that's yeah. that's a good place to go because that's where ESA launched their um, their rockets from. There you go. Yeah. There so you if go. you get into a launch facility in French Guiana, <laughs> um, use one of the computers to email us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Is this what it's going to be now? You're just going to every time try to do this little bit, you're going to like try and derail it. Is that is that the new bit? Oh, you're yeah. like, but yeah, Hugh, yeah, that's yeah. impossible. You need to go to a smaller country. You, yeah. If you go to you know Saint Kitts and Nevis, <laughs> <laughs> so if you find yourself in Saint Vincent um, and you have access to the internet, yeah. uh, find us on Twitter at Please Watch Pod. We are on yeah. Twitter at Please Watch Pod. We should, I mean, just for just for the sake of continuity, listen to ContraZoom Pod. Oh yeah, listen to Everything Fear. Yeah. Get in touch with Ben Dawson somehow. Yeah, find him. <laughs> really do the yeah. do the hard miles. And Tell really Juicy he's good at FIFA on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy's oh, road. Every, Harry Gray. Harry Gray is on YouTube. Yeah. Why aren't you watching Harry Gray's videos on YouTube, For God's sake. Anyway, Sam. I think that I think we've I think we did it. That was it. That was Apollo thirteen. Well done. We did it twenty minutes ago. Yeah. We well done, listener. We love Proud you. Of you. We'll talk to you next we week. You. Watch that Nikon Blair film on Netflix. We love you. And we'll talk to you. Bye then. Bye. Bye.